said, let there be light, and there is going to be light. Amen and amen and amen. Listen, we're so glad that you're here this morning to worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. What just a beautiful morning. What a beautiful day. Uh, just a great opportunity to be in here with these beautiful stained glass windows. It just looks beautiful today. Great opportunity to preach. Great opportunity to minister his word. I'm excited for what God wants to say and what God wants to do. Do I have any amen folks here this morning? I said, do I have any amen folks here this morning? Maybe I have to turn my mic up a little bit. Do I have any amen folks here this morning? Wake you up here on a Sunday morning at 930, a little chilly, but we're excited for what God is doing and what God is going to do. Um, still working some kinks out, working some things out, but God is faithful and we're excited about it and uh, just glad, glad you're here this morning to worship the Lord. All right, let's, uh, let's, I'm just going to jump right into this thing, jump right into this thing. Can we go uh, Genesis chapter 32, Genesis chapter 32? Genesis chapter 32, verse 26 and 31 makes it nice so I could see it. Speaking of Jacob, so I'm going to give two scriptures to kind of build this thing. Kind of is going to be the, the, the foundation, the, the starting blocks of this. I'm going to talk about Jacob and I'm going to talk about Elijah. Jacob in verse chapter 32, verse 26 and 31. I encourage you when you get home to read it yourself. It says this, then the man said, now Jacob uh, just to kind of set the stage a little bit, Jacob, um, whose name means surplanter, Jacob who had deceived, Jacob who had manipulated uh, his brother for his birthright, Jacob has got some issues, got some problems, and finally Jacob said enough is enough. And you read in Genesis 32, and I could preach this, but I don't have the time. But Jacob told his whole family, listen, I need you all to stay over here. I'm going over here to have a conversation with God. And the Bible says that Jacob wrestled with God. He wrestled with them. That word wrestle means that uh, uh, there was a stirring, that there was a, a struggling, that there were some things going on in Jacob's life that he was not satisfied with. And he says, listen, i got to work these things out in my life. Can you say, hey, where'd you go? I thought Jacob left me. Oh, never tell a preacher, keep talking. Genesis chapter 32, 26 and 31, it says this. Then the man said, let me go, as he's wrestling. He's wrestling with God. And then the man said, the angel basically said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then it says, then the sun rose above him as he had passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. There's some important phrases, important uh, words I want you to catch. I will not let go unless you bless me. I will not let go. And then it talks about that he was limping as he was leaving. The next scripture is 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19 
verse 4, 5, and 9, speaking of Elijah. Elijah, the mighty man of God. A little different from what Jacob. Jacob had some issues. Jacob deceived his brother. Um, Jacob was known for doing some things. But now we have this mighty man of God of Elijah. Kind of a completely different story. Here is Elijah uh, who called fire down from heaven. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Who prophesied that there would be rain and rain happened. And so here we have 1 Kings chapter 19, 4, 5, and 9. Uh, he's confronted uh, by Jezebel, and this is what happens. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush or a juniper tree, and he sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. This is the great prophet Elijah who had just taken on the prophets of Baal, who just called fire down from heaven, and uh, 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 Jezebel says, we need to take him out. This great man of God now takes off gets up under a broom tree and prays that he might die. And he says, I have had enough, Lord. Has anybody ever been there where they've said, I've had enough, Lord? And he said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the juniper tree and fell asleep. Verse 9, there he went into a cave. The angel actually got him and said, hey, listen, you need to move on. You need to go. And there they went into a cave. He spent a night, and the word of the Lord came to him and says, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? I want to preach to you here this morning. If I would give a title to today, it would be entitled, I have a limp, but I won't let go. I have a limp. But I won't let go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. God, we thank you here today that we do not take it for granted that we can gather together today. That we can come together and we can worship you and magnify you. God, I know there's a lot of my brothers and sisters all across this nation, all across this world, just not here in the United States that are unable to gather. But God, all across this nation, all across this world, that they have to fight to be able to gather, that there are folks that are risking their lives to be able to gather, that there are folks that are contemplating their families being in prison or those being persecuted or, or those that are being, even here in the United States, that those that are being threatened with jail time because of meeting. And so, Father, we, we thank you that we have the opportunity here to meet here this morning, and we're going to take full advantage of it this morning. We're going to enjoy it because we have no idea when the time comes that it could be separated again. So, God, we're going to amen. We're going to shout. We're going to give you praise. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to sit back and we're going to enjoy the presence of the Lord, God. And we thank you that your presence is here. Enemy, you will not win. Not today, not this time, not this moment. We come against you right now by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said... Amen. I'm talking about two people here today, and I kind of shared just a little bit. I want to talk about two mighty men of God. Now, you would kind of think that Jacob, you know, mighty man of God, the one who's deceived, the one who's manipulated, uh, and we're talking about Elijah, you know, Jacob who cheated, manipulated, deceived. His name means supplanter, one that kind of cuts off, the one that jumps in front of everybody. But also we're talking about Elijah, the mighty man of God, who had just at this moment, right after this moment, before this moment, had just called fire down from heaven, who had taken on the prophets of Baal, 
who had prophesied that it would rain and it rained. Even I think it's in 1 Kings chapter 18 before this, he even raises a widow's son. But here in 1 Kings, he had been threatened by Jezebel, so he was running for his life. Literally running for his life. Was running scared because Jezebel had threatened that we need to take him out. He is scared for his life. He is so fearful. His fear had consumed him that he's running for his life. And as we read here that he sat up under a juniper tree and he asked God to take his life. I thought what the contrast this is of, of Jacob and Elijah. That this man, this mighty man of God that when you read the, the prophet of Elijah now he is running. He is so fearful he is running for his life. Not only is he running for his life but he's up under a juniper tree and he's praying that God would take his life. This is kind of the, the first, there's some other things I could preach on, but this is kind of the first of somebody really going through depression. I meant somebody who's really having a panic attack. God, take my life. Enough is enough. Just, just, just take it. Didn't say, hey, God, provide something. Hey, God, can you do this? No, he said, God, take my life. Enough is enough over just this woman. Now, I have preached about this before. I have preached about a Jezebel spirit before, but that's not where I'm going here today. And as he's up under this juniper tree and he's praying, God, take his life, all of a sudden an angel shows up. You know, God will meet you right where, you, right where you're at. It doesn't matter where you're at. You can be up under a juniper tree. You can be in your car. You can be in your house. You can be in your apartment. You can be in a single one-bedroom place. God will meet you right there. God will meet you at your workplace. God will meet you at your job. God will meet you right in Walmart. God will meet you in the parking lot right where it doesn't matter. Here he's up under the juniper tree praying that God take his life. And God says, I'll meet you right there where you're at. Can you say amen all of a sudden an angel I feel like preaching here today so don't mind me I told God if we get back in this building I'm gonna preach just like I did outside that I will inside and an angel shows up the angel shows up and this angel intervenes and the angel does not come over and say oh my goodness Elijah are you all right Oh, I know you have to be, I know, we know what Jezebel said. Are you, are you oh man, I, you must be, you, oh man, Elijah. No, the angel did not have a pity party with him. The angel comes and the first thing the angel says to Elijah, you have to get up. The first thing it says, the angel says to Elijah, get up. Somebody shout, get up. Yeah, no, no, you can do better than that. Somebody shout, get up. Yeah, doesn't have a pity party. Doesn't complain, so well, you have a right to do this. No, the angel shows up and says, get up. Get up, Elijah. Get up. Why did the angel say to get up? Because you have to get up before you get comfortable being down. Oh, I feel like preaching to somebody up in here. I'll say that again. The angel said the first thing was to get up because you got to get up. 
before you get comfortable being down. And I know I've, I'm talking to somebody here today that's been knocked down, but I've been sent to tell you to get back up again. You've been too comfortable being down. And I might not be an angel, but I'm the preacher that's been sent. And the first thing I'm coming to let you know, get up. I'm not going to come and tell you, well, you did have a rough life and, and things have been difficult. And th- No, 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 no. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get, but, but you don't understand what happened. You don't understand what they said to me. You don't understand. All I know is what the word of the Lord said and the word of the Lord said, get up, get up, get up. Because if you don't get up, you're going to get comfortable being down there. And when you get comfortable, then all the lonely people will come down right where you're at. But we serve a God that's not down, but we serve a God that's up. He said, lift up your head. Lift up your head, all of you heaven, and rejoice for the King of glory is coming down. He went down so that we may come up. Oh, I didn't have time to preach that, but I'll get somewhere. You got to get back up. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Couldn't do this in the, in the drive-in. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Let me say that again. Maybe you can't see it up on this big old fat screen. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. I got a few minutes. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Oh, if I was before COVID, I'd have you high five five neighbors around you. But whoever you came with, high five them and tell them, get up, get up. Just just who you came with, just who you're familiar with. High five them and tell them, you got to get up. The angel said, Elijah. Am I preaching all right here today? Elijah, get up. Get up, Elijah. Not only get up, but you got to keep moving. The angel says, get up and go. Get up and go. Just imagine this call, but, 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 but you, you, don't, you don't understand what, 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 what she's saying. She's threatening my life. She, she's so, get up and go. Get up and keep moving. Hello. Let, 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 me, let me put it in a different way that you might understand. You are responsible for how long you let what hurts you haunts you I'll say it again you are responsible for how long you let what hurts you haunt you the angel said no no but, but, but you don't understand no all I know is get up and go I know you've been hurt I know what she said we know what happened we know what she's done to somebody else But are you going to continue to let it haunt you? You got to get up and you have to go. God wants to heal you everywhere you hurt, but he needs your participation. Get up and go. I'll get up, I'll get up, but now you got to keep moving. Now you got to keep moving. 
Now you got to keep moving. If you just got to get up and you got to brush your teeth and that's the first thing that you've done in four days, then you get up and brush your teeth. Bring it up and put some mouthwash in. Rinse out your stanky breath and keep on moving. And you go from brushing your teeth to doing your hair. You haven't done your hair in weeks because life has been tough. Life has been rough. Get up out of that pit and go. Get up and move. Put one leg in the other on your thing. Keep moving. Keep going. Get up and go. Get yourself moving. Get out. Get in your car. You say, well, I can't go nowhere. We got to have a I got to have them just drive around in the car. Just drive around. He told the children of Israel when they come to the walls of Jericho, keep going, keep going. I don't want to hear about you complaining. I don't want to hear about you murmuring. I don't want to hear about you can't get through these walls. I just need you to go. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Somebody shout, I got to keep going. Lift your hands towards heaven and shout, I'm going to keep going. Come on, that's your confession. That's your profession today. Lift your hands and shout, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Lift your hands high towards heaven and shout, devil, devil, you should have killed me when you had the chance because I'm going to keep going. I'm getting up. I'm moving. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep glorifying. I'm going to keep magnifying your name. He wants to heal everywhere you hurt, but he needs your participation. Elijah gets up and he goes and God said all right you're gonna move I'll meet you and Elijah gets up and he goes and he has a run-in with God almost like identical with Jacob Jacob gets up and he has a run-in with God he tells the family stay here Elijah gets up and he moves and he has a run-in with God. But, it's, but, it, but, it's, but there's a difference. There's a difference what's happening here. And, and with God, the first thing, the first thing when he has a run-in with God, it's so vastly different from Jacob. But the first thing God asks Elijah, what are you doing here? Different from what he's talking about Jacob Jacob meant business. Elijah, and he's like, God's like, what, what, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Not only just once, but he asked him twice. Elijah, what are you doing here? Maybe, maybe to kind of set it up a little bit to understand that he asked twice. He asked him twice. Just to kind of set the stage a little bit to understand this, I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, and I went somewhere different from where I told my mother I went. And I'll never forget, I was at, a, at the basketball game, and as I'm at the basketball game, I look over and I can see the look on my mother's face. And I thought, man, this can't be good. This can't be good at all. And so... Basketball game's over, and many of you can relate to this, and I want you to kind of equate what's going on here. And so I come out, and my mother says, where were you the other night? And my response had caught me off guard, and I was, um, 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 and she, her response was this. She looked me in the eyes, she says, I'm going to ask you one more time. Where were you? And so now you can kind of relate to this because God's saying to Elijah, what? 
are you doing here? Well, 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 they were chasing me and, and whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to ask you one more time. What are you doing here? What are you doing up here? You should be over there battling. You, you should be over there raising and preaching and doing that. What are you doing here? Am I preaching all right to somebody? Let me, let me try to work this a little bit. Give me a few minutes. I won't keep you long. What are you doing here? And his response, I said, and in response, okay, I'm all by myself. All by myself. That was the music that chimed in during that time. As I'm reading it, maybe not for you, but that's what chimed in. I'm all by myself. She's after me. They're all after me. I'm so scared. I'm so afraid. And not only that, God, guess what? Nobody out there loves you. I'm the only one that loves you out there. I'm the only one left. <laughs> and God kind of goes off a little bit. He said, whoa, whoa, hold up. I have 7,000 people who have not bowed or kissed Baal. You ain't all by yourself. And, 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 and I wish I had a little time to preach this, and I don't have time to preach this, and not a lot of people preach it, but as he's having this pity party, and he's having this thing, and he's all by myself, and I'm afraid, and God says, I have 7,000 people. You're not by yourself. I have 7,000 people. That's what cracks me up about people that get out there and, you know, oh, the Christians know there's a lot more rising up in this time, and then, but that's a whole other day. But as they're having this conversation, it says 7,000 people, and he says, hey, and by the way, Elijah, I want you to go find your replacement. That's what he says. He starts talking to him and speaking to him. He says, oh, by the way, go find your replacement. See, this is, this is where, and I wish I could have just preached this and just sent you home, but I had just so much in me. But this is where God doesn't play around. Because you think, man, that's, that's kind of that's harsh of how he was. He, he was up under the juniper tree praying that, 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 that God just take his life. But there comes a time that God stops playing games. He is a loving God. Don't get me wrong. He's a loving God. He's a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. He's a graceful God. He's a compassionate God. He's a God that will wrap himself around you. But he's also a God that won't play games. He's a God that he even said in John on the island of Patmos in the book of Revelation. He said, you're going to be either hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. I don't want you playing games. I don't want you dipping in over here and dipping in over here and dipping in. There comes a time where I'm not playing games. He can deal with mistakes. He can deal with your mess ups because his grace is there. You felt like you failed him? That, that won't surprise God. God can work with failure. Actually, God specializes in using broken people to do powerful things. But where God will draw the line is when we don't take responsibility 
for our actions and instead we blame him for our situation. But, 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 but God, but God, but, 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 but God, but God, God da, da, da. while you're at it, just find your replacement. Coming over here and you're blaming it on here. There's nobody left, just me. And God said, I got 7,000. When we don't take responsibility for our actions, instead we start blaming him for our situation. God says, enough is enough. Am I preaching all right, Stephanie? What I find, and I'm wrapping this thing up, what I find amazing is that this strong man of God, we're still with Elijah, I'm getting to Jacob in a moment. What I find amazing with this strong man of God is that he took on the prophets of Baal. I could be wrong, but 500, I think, 500 prophets of Baal, about 500 prophets of Baal, he took them all. Called fire down from heaven. Ooh, come on, Elijah. He prophesied when there was no rain, he said, there's going to be rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Many come back and mocked him. There is no rain. He says, I'm telling you, keep going. Keep looking. And rain came about. Are you still with me here today? He raised the widow's son. He so many miracles. He walked so confident and so bold. If you're reading through the Bible, if you're reading through it, and you're reading all these things, man, 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 look at Elijah. Come on. He's prophesying rain, taking down the prophets, calling fire from heaven, raising the widow's son. He's doing all these miracles. All these great things are happening. He walked around so confident, and then all of a sudden you get into 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, and here he is up under the juniper tree, praying that God take his life, and an angel's got to get up and go, move it. And God says, listen, he went from walking so bold and now we run into, and he's walking like Steve Urkel. Hello. He used to walk around so bold, and the prophets would come and say, we're going to take down. And he says, no, my God is able. You can water this, you can do this, but my God will come down. And fire did come from heaven. But now, and he walked around with boldness. He walked around with this boldness and, and knowing who he was and knowing whom he served, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Oh, he knew who he served and whom he served. And now all of a sudden we see that the angel got to get up and go. And he's having a confrontation. And God said, what are you doing here? And I don't know, God. Now he's walking around like Steve Urkel. The enemy is after your confidence. I'll say that again. The enemy is after your confidence. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. When you get there, say amen to me. Where I think we're at. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. So do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. Just telling you, this ain't the proverb of Kendon. This is the book of the B-I-B-L-E. Do, so do not throw away your confidence. His confidence of whom he served and his God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. And when you lose confidence, you lose your walk. You can tell somebody who walks with confidence and somebody who doesn't. Can I get ten more minutes and preach this thing in here? Are you sure you're with me? It kind of reminds me of the fall of man. 
in the book of Genesis. I don't have the time to go there, but the fall of man. And now, all of a sudden, God shows up with the fall of man and he tells the enemy, he says, listen, there's going to be enmity between your seed and his seed. He's going to bruise your heel, but you're going to crush his head. Stick with me. He's going to bruise your heel, but you're going to crush his head. I got a few minutes. He's going to bruise your heel, but you're going to crush his head. You can tell somebody who has confidence and somebody who doesn't have confidence by the way they walk. He said that the enemy is going to bruise your heel, but you're going to crush his head. In other words, what he was saying, that he's going to bruise your heel, that means that life is going to change the way that you walk if you allow it. Come on, somebody. I, I, come on, thank you, Butchie, out there. At least I got somebody. That means life. He said it's going to bruise your heel. All of a sudden, now Elijah, who used to have confidence, is now walking around almost like Jacob himself with a limp. Wondering, life will change the way that you walk. How many of you can say that life has changed the way that you have walked? Oh, we might not be able to see it with the natural eyes, but I guarantee when that divorce hits you that you unexpectedly have, oh, you don't have to come to me. I'm the preacher. I know everybody's business. Even people that don't even go to church, business. I know people that come home and they tell them just recently it happened. Somebody come home and said, hey, I want a divorce. What? 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 It'll change the way you walk. Whether it's through a divorce, it changed. It might not be in the natural. We might not see it by you walking in here. But with my super Holy Ghost natural, supernatural vision, I can see you walking and limping in the spiritual realm. Whether that was that divorce, it changed the way that you walk. Whether it was that disappointment you went through, it changed the way that you walk. Whether it was that news that you got on the phone, whether it was the lawyer that gave you the news, the doctor that gave the doctor that gave you news, it changed the way that you walk. The loss, the loss that you suffered, it changed the way that you walk. I can tell you this much from my own that, that, that I remember when I first started ministry and just confident. I mean, just confident. And when I got news that my brother had passed away just such at a young age, it changed the way I walked. The loss you face, it changed the way you walk. That hurt that you've been through, it changed the way that you walk. That rejection you faced, it changed the way you walk. I feel my old preacher coming out, Stephanie, I'm sorry. That shame you experienced, it changed the way you walk. That embarrassment that you went through with your kids and your family and you had to look at people, it changed the way that you walk. I know you walk in and you have your, 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 your purse and you have these things, but it changed the way you walk. Now Elijah allowed the enemy to win. 
He used to walk so confident, but now his limp, God, because of what happened with Jezebel, you can't see it. It doesn't say it in the Bible. It doesn't say like it did with Jacob, but I know it changed the way he walked. Where's the man that called fire down from heaven? It changed the way he walked. He had lost his confidence. Now his limp is defining him. Will you allow your limp to define you? Can I preach a little bit more? Give me five minutes. I'll, I'll throw this joker right out the window. Here we go. Judges chapter 11 verse 1. When you don't allow your limp to define you. Judges chapter 11 verse 1. Jepheth, the Gileite, was a mighty warrior. He was a mighty warrior, a mighty man of valor, the Bible says. His father was from Gilead, and his mother was a prostitute. Whoa, how can you put that all in one sentence? He's a mighty warrior, and he did mighty things for the Lord, but his mom was a prostitute. He could have allowed his limp in his life to define him. I'm preaching better than someone's clapping up in here. I wish I had somebody. He could allow all the kids who made fun of him. I know your mama, your mama from the red light district. Your mama over here. I seen your mama around the block. I seen your mama. And he could have allowed it to define him. His whole life, he could have been a statistic. His whole life, he could have had a reason why. Well, my mama, I didn't come from the right block. And my mama was just, oh, I understand, Jimmy. I understand, Jeff. I understand. But he didn't allow it. And he became a mighty war. Oh, I wish. Let me keep going let me keep going go go to second kings chapter 5 verse 1 i gotta get out of here second kings chapter 5 verse 1 now naaman was the commander of the army of the king Armon. he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the lord had given victory he was a mighty valiant soldier but he had leprosy God used him, but he had leprosy, but he had a limp. He had this limp. He had this leprosy. See, some of you don't grasp it, but, but I, I've been to, I, when I was in Vietnam on a mission trip, I actually spent time uh, uh, three or four days in a leprosy colony, so I know what it is to be around people with leprosy. And here he is. What happens, you stay away from people with leprosy. You keep your distance. And all of a sudden, he could allow the rejection that he faced in his life. He could allow the lip. My Lord, I'm, I mean, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. He, he could allow the limp to define him. He could allow the rejection to take over his life. He could allow the ridicule to take over. He could allow the mess that happened, but he didn't allow his limp. Oh, I got to keep going. Can we go to the next scripture? I got to keep going. I'm going to keep. But he is still a mighty man. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. He was a man after God's own heart. 
but we fail to realize where he come from and where he's been. It says the son of Jesse, but I don't have time to preach this, but in Psalms 51, when David got caught up in his mess that he got caught up, he says in Psalms 51, I think verse 5, he said, in sin my mother conceived me. I don't have time to preach and talk about why he never got asked when it comes to Goliath. A lot of them talk about old. But, 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 but history, history and scholars are telling us that, that Jesse was running around with some folks. So David was actually an outcast. David had a limp, and the limp could have defined him, but he didn't allow it to find him. He became a man after God's own heart. I don't care where you come from. I don't care where you've been. I know what happened to you, and I'm sorry that things didn't happen to you, but don't allow your limp to define you. Are you can I keep going? I'm almost here. You say, well, I don't know about that. And then let me go a little bit further on the B-I-B-L-E. Stand to your feet. I'm closing up here. Joseph was abused, but it didn't define him. Job was bankrupt, but it didn't define him. Gideon was insecure, but it didn't define him. Thomas was a doubter, but it didn't define him. Martha was a worrier, but it didn't define her. Samson was a womanizer, but it didn't define him. Paul had a terrible past, but it didn't define him. Moses had a speech problem, but it didn't define him. Rahab was a prostitute, but she didn't let it define her. Jonah was a coward, but he didn't let it define him. Peter had a temper, but he didn't let it define him. And Jacob was a deceiver. What's the difference? Between Jacob, who did not have the accolades like Elijah had. What is separating these two? Jacob, the deceiver, the supplanter, but Elijah, who called fire down from heaven. What's separating these two to where God says, listen, Elijah, go find your replacement. But Jacob who had a terrible past, was running from his brother. All these people, they weren't anything special. But there was one thing they all had in common that got them through. And it's found in Genesis chapter 32, verse 26. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, Jacob's reply was different from Elijah's. When God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? I don't know, and I'm running for my life. Jacob's response was, I got issues, I got problems, I got stuff going on, but guess what? I will not let you go. What happened with David? David come from a mess, but he says, God, I won't let you go. Oh, I got it. Job went bankrupt, but he says, I won't let you go. Joseph was abused, but he said, I won't let you go. I'm trying to preach to three people here this morning that says, Pastor, I'm limping, but I won't let him go. I got issues, but I won't let him go. I got some mess in my life, but I won't let him go. I've been hurt, but I won't let him go. I faced disappointment, but I won't let him go. 
I wish I had three people that helped me preach this thing up in there. I've been hard-pressed on every side, but I won't let go. I've been perplexed, but I won't let go. Persecuted, but I won't let go. Hard-pressed on every side, but only... I know y'all don't see it, but I got a limp. And what separates me from the others that got a limp is I won't let go to him. I've been perplexed, but I won't let go. I've been ridiculed, but I won't let go. I've been torn down, but I won't let go. I could say it's my limp that got me here, but my limp is what brought me to him. And if I got a limp to go see him, I'm going to limp to go see him. I got a limp, but I won't let go. I need to find 10 people in this church that says, Pastor, I got a limp, but I won't let go. I got some issues, but I won't let go. I got a little potty mouth, but I won't let go. I got a struggle, but I won't let go. I wish I had three people that show yes. I got a little excited there. I'm limping. But I'm not going to use it as an excuse. Jacob said, I'm limping. But I will not let go of you. And that's where Elijah missed it when God said, what are you doing here? And I think the whole conversation could have changed. And Jacob would have said, listen, I got a battle, but I'm still coming. I need your strength, God. Oh, God, there's nobody there. I'm so fearful. And God said, listen, enough is enough. Go find your replacement. Don't allow your limp to define you from coming to church. Will you go to church? Will you got, I seen you here and I seen you there. Say, yeah, I'm limping, but I'm still coming. Let's pray. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy today. God, we love you. And I pray for each and every person here today that's got a limp. In my younger years, in my younger days, I'd preach right now and I would say, oh God, remove the limp. But God, no. Even Paul himself, who loved God, said, I got a thorn in my flesh. I got a limp, but when I'm weak, he's strong, and his mercy is everlasting. Father, I pray today that you would strengthen your people. Be with them there today, God. I thank you, God, that those who are here say, well, God can't use me because I got a limp. No, God will use the broken things in your life to do mighty things in your life. Don't allow that limp to keep you from doing what God has called you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Went longer than I anticipated. God bless you all. Love you guys. You can give on your way out. I think Tina's out there. You can give on your way out. You can keep giving online. Keep doing those things. God bless. Make sure you social distance, air hug, or however you all want to do it, however you need to do it. Love you guys.